Section 15. The French Revolution. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The French Revolution by Hilaire Belloc. Section 15. Chapter 4. Continued. The Phases of the Revolution. Phase 4. Continued. At the critical moment, the French armed forces and the French strongholds were at their worst. The discipline of the army was deplorable. The regular soldiers of the old regime had lost from six to nine thousand officers by emigration and mixed no better than water and oil with the revolutionary volunteers who had been drafted to the number over two hundred battalions into the ranks of the army. Moreover, these volunteer battalions were for the most part ill-provided, far below their establishment. Some only existed on paper, none were trained as soldiers should be trained. In a more orderly time, when the decrees of the government corresponded with the reality, 400,000 men would have held the frontier. Such a number was in the estimates. As it was from the Swiss mountains to the English Channel, the French could count on no more than one-fifth that number. Eighty thousand alone were under arms. The full Prussian army was alone, apart from its allies, close upon treble the size of this disorganized and insufficient force. Panics, at once ludicrous and tragic, opened the campaign upon the French side. The king took advantage of them to dismiss his Gironde ministry and to form a reactionary government. The Parliament replied by measures useless to the conduct of war, and designed only to exasperate the crown, which was betraying the nation. It ordered the dismissal of the Royal Guard, the formation of a camp of revolutionary federals outside Paris, the transportation of the Orthodox priests, in pursuit of the court's determination to resist the assembly and to await the victorious allies, Louis vetoed the last two decrees. Lafayette, who was now in command of the army of the center, with his headquarters at Sedan right upon the route to the invasion, declared for the king. Had the armies of Austria and Prussia moved with rapidity at this moment, their revolution was at an end. As it was, their mobilization was slow, and their march, though accurate, leisurely. It gave time for the populace of Paris to demonstrate against the palace and the royal family on the 20th of June. It was not until the first days of August that the main force of the combined monarchs under the generalship-in-chief of the Duke of Brunswick, who had the reputation of being the best general of his time, set out for the march on Paris. It was not until the 23rd of August that the invaders took the first French frontier town, Longwy. Meanwhile, two very important things had lent to the French, in spite of the wretched insufficiency of their armed force, an intensity of feeling which did something to supply that insufficiency. In the first place, the third anniversary of the fall of the Bastille, the 14th of July, had called to Paris deputations from all the provinces, many of them armed. This gave the national feeling unity. In the second place, Brunswick had issued from Koblenz which was his base upon the 25th of that same month of July, a manifesto which was known in Paris three days later, and which, though certain modern historians have questioned this, 
undoubtedly set revolutionary opinion ablaze this manifesto demanded in the name of the allied army a complete restoration of the old regime professed to treat the french and their new authorities as rebels subject to military execution and contained a clause of peculiar gravity which excited an immediate and exasperated response from paris the authorship of this clause lay with marie antoinette and it threatened if there were any attack upon the palace to give the capital over to the military execution and total subversion two days later the federals from marseilles a middle-class body of excellent citizens though merely amateurs at soldiering and small in numbers marched into the city their marching song has become famous under the title of the marseillais they had accomplished the astonishing feat of traversing france drawing cannon with them at the rate of eighteen miles a day in the height of a torrid summer for close upon a month on end there is no parallel to such an effort in the history of war nor did contemporary opinion exaggerate when it saw in the battalion of marseillais the centre of the coming fight the shock between the palace and the populace was joined in the morning of the tenth of august the palace was held by about six thousand men of whom some twelve hundred were regulars of the swiss guard the palace the tuileries was or should have been impregnable the popular attack we may be certain would have been beaten back had the connection between the tuileries and the louvre on the south been properly cut the flooring had indeed been removed at this point for some distance but either the gap was not wide enough or the post was insufficiently guarded for the populace and the federals badly beaten in the main attack upon the long front of the palace succeeded in turning its flank where it joined on to the louvre thus enfiladed the suites of rooms and utterly put an end to the resistance of its garrison meanwhile the king and queen the dauphin and his little sister with others of the royal household had taken refuge during the fighting in the hall of the parliament after the victory of the populace their fate was debated and decided upon they were imprisoned in the tower of the temple a medieval fortress still standing in the northeast of paris and though monarchy was not yet formally abolished the most extreme spirits which the revolution then contained and the most vigorous stepped into the palace of the old executive with danton at their head with them appeared in the seat of government for a spirit of military action its contempt for forms and its rapid decision the known accomplices of the supporters of the court's resistance and alliance with the invaders were arrested by the hundred the enrollment of volunteers already enthusiastic throughout france was supported with the new vigor of official aid and the revolution left at once all its old moorings to enter an extreme phase at the same moment the frontier was crossed and the national soil invaded on the nineteenth of august it is possible that the delay of the prussians until that moment had been calculated for the position in france was complicated and their decision to fight had been tardily arrived at it was the news of the fall of the palace that seems to have decided them the place 
like the date of this grave event, deserves to be more famous than it is. Brunswick touched what was then French soil in that little triangle where now German and French Lorraine and Luxembourg meet. The village is called Redange. Thence did the privileged of Europe set out to reach Paris and to destroy democracy. The first task occupied them for full twenty-two years. Upon the latter they are still engaged. What forces the French could there bring against Brunswick were contemptuously brushed aside. Four days later he had, as we have seen, taken the frontier stronghold of Longwy. Within a week he was in front of Verdun. Verdun had no chance of resistance, no garrison to call a garrison, and no opportunity for defense. The news that it must fall reached Paris on the morning of a fatal date, the 2nd of September. After its fall, there would lie nothing between it and the capital, and from that moment the whole nature of the revolution is wholly transformed by the psychological effect of war. The end of section 15, the end of phase 4.